0: Last week we discussed the mitzvah of Kidushin, if the mitzvah applies to the man only or to the woman as well, and in general if there indeed is such a mitzvah. Assuming there is such a mitzvah, what would be the proper age to fulfill this mitzvah? At first glance, my question seems strange, because the Torah was given to anybody who is a goggle, according to Din. Anybody who is above the age of 13. For a young lady, if a woman would be the age would be 12. For a, a man who is at the age of 13. So then, the, it would seem that the age should be 13. Would there be any other mitzvah in the Torah that might not apply at the age of 13? Unless the Torah specifically says sometimes the Torah says in regards to the dinim of the Koran and leviyim, that there's a certain age at which you're higher. But that's not a mitzvah that is incumbent upon the person when it becomes a mitzvah. The Torah gives you a specific age, from 20 to 55, to whatever. But, in general, mitzvahs of the Torah, it seems, should apply at the age of 13. Nevertheless, we have a number of opinions as to what the proper age for marriage is. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Says that a person should make sure he marries off his children. The Gemara says, If somebody marries them off close to the proper time, Sarashi says, It might really be even when they're young. A, a, a young girl, according to the halach, of course. The, a father is allowed to marry off his daughter before the age of 12. But the Gemara says in a very Islami, a general statement, before the age, oh, that's a very good thing. And he said, You'll know that there'll be peace in the house. They won't be fighting. Today, of course, it seems uh, very strange to us. That marrying someone off at a young age would be a, a good sign for a future marriage. Until the Khatan uh, and Kala have reached some level of maturity and understand each other and uh, understand each other's needs and understand where they're going in the world, it would seem to us very strange that a, a shidduch should be arranged so early in life. In fact, the gemara has a number of ages. What the best age would be? There are outer limits and there are beginning limits. For example, the Mishnah in Pir-Ki Avos, which is well known, gives the ages of what time you should start learning it, how old well you should start learning. So the Mishnah says in Pir-Ki Avos, ben Shmanase Luchopa. The Mishnah in Pir-Ki Avos, Perik He Mishnah Chafalif gives the ages At the age of five, a person should start learning Torah. It means at least Torah shebechzat. At the age of 10 you should learn Mishnah. Of course, throughout the ages, we ignored the principles of the Mishnah. And today in Israel, there are people who are reconstructing, based on other sources, uh, reconstructing somehow the order that's found in the Mishnah. Nevertheless, what's interesting here for us today, at the age of 13, he is chayven mitzvahs. The statement when he learn gemara, is Ben Chamesha said in Talmud, I told you already that that is in some some places today, they're trying to reestablish such a, such a, a shita. But for our purposes, the next part of the Mishnah is the most important. At the age of 18, a person should get married. The perush or mishnayis Known as the Kahati Pewesh, say, says, at the age of, of 18, the, is the proper time, and they found some sort of a remiss. Because the Torah says, the hu Ishabit Tula Yikach, of course that plastic is referring to a Kohen. A Kohen gadol, as a matter of fact. The who means, and he, he, that specific unique person, the Kohen gadol, has to marry a Batula. But the the Kati Perush quotes, vuhu, vuhu if you'll add up the letters. Two vrubs are six each, two times six is twelve. The he is another five is seventeen. The aleph is eighteen. We have it. Be, Gimatria, that would seem that a Kohen Gadol should get married at eighteen. I don't even know at what time you could be appointed Kohen Gadol. Nevertheless, this drusha is somehow some sort of a hint that anybody should get married, everybody should get married at the age of 18. Rashi has another that quoted there by Kaati, that the word Adam is found in is 18 times. It's some sort of a hint for us that you should get married at the age of 18. Be that as it may, it seems very strange that you're not in this mitzvah when you're 13. The Gemara in Masechus Kedushin has a very interesting story about two people, Rav Chisra and Rav Huna, who were discussing, apparently, some of their students. And Rav Chisra mentioned that Rav Hamluna, one apparently one of the students, was Adam Gobel, was a, a real great man. So, um, the uh, Rav Huna said, okay, I'd like to meet him. When he came, he saw that he did not paris sudra, That seems to be that he covered his head with a a talus. Rashi points out that that was the custom that married people had the custom of covering their head. And this person did not cover his head. Apparently that was a sign that he wasn't married. This custom that's quoted here in the Gemara might indeed be the source for the minute that seems that we have that sometimes a bachelor does not wear a talus. In some communities, a bachelor did wear a talus, in other communities he didn't, but it seems to be a very customary practice in almost every community, I emphasize in almost every community, that even if you did wear a talus, the mimic of covering your talus, covering your head with your talus, is not done by single men. So, somehow this seems to be related to this chimera, that they saw that Rav Hamluna did not cover his head. So he said to him, that I do not want to see you again until you're married. And the Gemara says, Rav was staunchly of the opinion that someone who's 20 years old and has not been married is living in a state of sin. The Gemara says, indeed, a state of sin, do you really think it's a sin? The Gemara says that it's almost inconceivable that he'll live his entire life without some sort of evil thoughts. Hero Avera. So, this Gemara seems to say that until 20, it's somewhat legitimate not to get married, but once you pass the age of 20, you're living in a state of hero Avera. And then the Gemara mentions other opinions. Ravuna, says in the name of Rabbi Shmuel, in the, in the, said, in, it's Reva said, and it's, that's what it said in the Bryce of Abishmael, until 20 years, a Kaddish Baruch who sits and waits for a person, when will he get married? When he gets, becomes 20, and he's not married, the Kaddish Baruch who says, Tipach Hatzmosav, it's the literal translation mean, would mean his blow, his, his bone should blow up. Rav Chisav then says, why am I better than my friends? Uh, apparently it assumes that he became a greater Tamid Chacham than friends of, than his friends, people who might have been on his level, but somehow he surpassed them. The Yomar says, because I got married at 16. If I would have got married at 14, ooh, I would have told the, I would have destroyed the Yitzhahara. I would have somehow stuck a, a pin in the eyes of the sudden I would have destroyed the Saddam. Then the Gemara goes on, other opinions, that while you still have some sort of uh, discipline over your son, it's good to arrange for him to get married. And that would be like from the age of 16 to 22. Some say from 18 till 24. And the Gemara gives, you know, sources for all of this. What is the real reason that... You're not allowed that you that you're allowed to delay the mitzvah of kiddushin if mitzvah of kiddushin is a mitzvah, and especially if we would think that the mitzvah of priya or via the mitzvah that Gam, the rush the rush and the raman both agreed that such a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Not only is the it mitzvah; it's called a mitzvah, rabba. It's called a very important, a very great mitzvah. So how could it be that a person could push it off? Apparently. The answer would be, not that you're really allowed to get married at a a later date. It doesn't mean that the Torah did not command somebody to get married at the age of 13. But somehow we think that a person is considered onus until a certain stage in his life. A person who is not capable of fulfilling a mitzvah, or it would interfere with him in such a great manner, he's considered as an onus and therefore he's not to be blamed for not fulfilling this mitzvah. If the conditions are not ripe, not proper for him to do this mitzvah, then apparently he's considered honest. I wouldn't say he's not mechuyiv in the mitzvah. I would say he doesn't have the capability of doing the mitzvah, and therefore he has permission to put it off. In today's terms, we would assume that since a person has to become mature in order to to have a family live in harmony and peace with his wife, bring up children the proper way. He should be prepared for marriage, be a little bit more mature than uh, certainly than a 13-year-old boy would be. He has to go to school, he has to go to college, he has to, I don't know, college. It depends upon each person uh, according to what he is interested in doing in the future. But a person does have to prepare for his future. You have to support your family eventually. So... uh, you're considered as you're not ready to get married until a certain date, and therefore that might be itself considered a heter to push it off. Of course, the more uh, traditional approach would be that since a person has to learn Torah, and a person who's married would have a great amount of difficulty in learning Torah, you're allowed to postpone this mitzvah until you have reached some sort of a level of Talmud Torah. The Shulchan Aruch Haraf of the Shulchan Aruch, written by the Balatania, says clearly: if somebody has a clear head, he has a good memory, and he can remember Torah, he should not get married until he learns the entire Torah Shabbat everything, the halachos which are a parish of the Tayag mitzvahs, and he knows uh, all kinds of details, and only then can he should he get married. And but then he should continue learning as much as he can. And, the, and he goes on, because if he gets married first, he'll be busy with supporting his wife, and he won't be able to learn properly, and he won't be able to know the halachas, which are the explanation of tayak mitzvahs, and therefore, the mitzvah of Puravu, the mitzvah of Kedushin, is pushed off. He emphasizes, even though the mitzvah vu is a mitzvah rabba. He calls it here the greatest of all mitzvahs. It's very interesting to see which mitzvahs are considered the greatest of all the mitzvahs. There is um, more than one mitzvah that's considered shkulach negerkola mitzvahs. That's considered as equal to the entire gamut of Torah mitzvah. Of course, that's a mathematical and logical impossibility. You can't have three or four or five mitzvahs that are equivalent to the entire Torah. Nevertheless, certain mitzvahs are called mitzvah shkulask neger Torah, mitzvah that's extremely important, and some mitzvahs are called the mitzvah Rabbah, pu'er of mitzvah rabba Even though it's a mitzvah rabba the Shulchan Arach says, then you're allowed to postpone getting married because it's so important to learn Torah. Of course, this is based upon a Rambam, and we will now expound upon the Rambam's opinion in general about pushing off mitzvahs, and specifically pushing off the Mitzvah of Kiddushin. The Rambam in Echosh Ishus, Parak Vav Halacha base, talks about the Mitzvah of Puravu. Of course, we have been talking about the Mitzvah of Kiddushin, and I think the Mitzvah of Kiddushin is also involved in the same discussion. The Rambam says even Puravu is involved in this discussion, and remember that Puravu is a Mitzvah rabba. I wouldn't say that the Rambam said Kiddushin is a Mitzvah rabba, but Puravu is certainly a great Mitzvah, and the Rambam says as follows. A man is m'chuyav in the midst of purvu, but not a woman. At what age is a person m'chuyav? At the age of seventeen. Mi ben asrei. Apparently the Raman interpreted the Mishnah, ben shmon as being in the eighteenth year, not when he reaches his eighteenth birthday, but in his eighteenth year, which is, begins on his seventeenth birthday. Then the Raman quotes, or paraphrases that Gemara that we saw in Kedushin. HaRezer over Mervatel Mitzvah saseh. A person who reached the age of 20 is Mervatel Mitzvah Saseh. Now, we know there's a difference between a person who's not, who did not fulfill a Mitzvah and a person who is a Mitzvah. A person who is a Mitzvah means he nullified the Mitzvah. Uh, the uh, example would be a person did not take a Lulav. So he did not fulfill the Mitzvah, but he didn't Mervatel the Lulav. He didn't nullify the Mitzvah, he didn't negate the Mitzvah. When the opportunity comes to you to fulfill the mitzvah, and then somehow you destroy the mitzvah, you say, don't fulfill it. That's called a bital, say. The, for example, uh, there's no mitzvah to eat in sukkah on uh, Cholamoid. On the on the chiyuv to eat in sukkah is only the first night of sukkah. The rest of sukkah is, we pass, and there's a, no chiyuv to eat sukkah, but there's a mitzvah to eat in whenever you eat. But if a person wishes to go without breakfast, for example... So he doesn't have to eat breakfast. If he just drinks a cup of coffee, there's a, certainly a heter to eat outside, to drink it outside the sukkah. You're not much to go into the sukkah. But if you do eat a meal, then it's a bit of say. Some people think that there's an to eat outside the sukkah. It's not an to eat outside the sukkah. It's just a bit of say. You're, you're, by do, by eating outside the sukkah, you're negating, you're nullifying the mitzvah, and that's worse than just ignoring the mitzvah. A person would not eat at all, so he ignores the mitzvah. He's not mekayim a mitzvah. He's not mechayif to be mitzvah. But a bit of is worse. The Ramam here uses the phrase, ha mevatel mitzvah saseh. If you reach the age of 20 and, and you're not married, you're mevatel a mitzvah saseh. Of course, I know people who tried to get married. They went out, they did all the proper things. Lois, they did not find their... Uh, Mate that they wanted, or if they did, she didn't want to marry him. In such a case, we would also say this is a type of onus. You, uh, should of course marry someone who, with whom you're compatible, with your com- with compatible, and hopefully that you love. So, if you don't find that right person, that person doesn't want to marry you, so I would also assume you're some sort of an onus. The, the realm says if you reach the age of 20 and you weren't married, you're over and you're mvatal mtshasasay. But the Randam goes on to say if a person was involved in Torah, Imaya Osegba Torah Vitarudba. is an interesting phrase. It means he was involved in Torah, he was somehow even bothered by Torah. He's I wouldn't like to use the word obsessed, but he, he's really dedicated to learning Torah and he really loves to learn. <speaking in Hebrew> he's really afraid he doesn't want to get married. Why? Because he's afraid that he'll have to go to work, make a living, and you won't learn properly. So the Ramam says in such a case, you could push it off. And then the Ram uses the general phrase, he's an any person involved in a mitzvah, sacred mitzvah, is part there from another mitzvah. And the Brabant says, by How much more so does this apply to tamotara? Which means, whenever a person is involved in doing a mitzvah, he does not ha- and another mitzvah comes up, he does not have to stop that mitzvah, and not only does he have not to stop any mitzvah, but koshe came by tamotara. Tamotara, obviously if a person's learning, it's obvious that you don't have to stop learning in order to fulfill another mitzvah. I once compared this to a telephone call. In today's society, we have a person who's on the phone, and he gets a call waiting. When he gets the call waiting, so he very often says to the person that he's talking, wait a minute, and I'll check to see who's on the phone. And when he checks to see who's on the phone, then he decides who's more important at the present time, the second person or the first person. In certain respects, it's a lack of courtesy to the first person to pick up call waiting. There might be, of course, extenuating circumstances. I'm not dealing in in specific cases, but in general, it might be considered improper to interrupt the first caller because maybe the second caller is more important. When you're involved in one mitzvah, it would be somehow improper to leave that mitzvah to go to another mitzvah. It's not up to you to judge who is more important, which is more important. In this this case, mitzvah baliyadcha, you started doing one mitzvah, you should continue with that mitzvah. The Rambam in Pirkei Yavas, the Rambam in the Perish or in the Mishnah, a person should be careful of a, an easy mitzvah, a light mitzvah, as he should be careful of a difficult mitzvah, a hard mitzvah, the Rambam says, because it's not up to you to judge which is harder, which is easier, which Akadosh Baruch Hu wants more, which Akadosh Baruch Hu wants less. And the Rambam says, that's the reason that I'll say mitzvah patim that mitzvah. Presence involved in one mitzvah. Maybe this mitzvah is the most crucial mitzvah at the present time. And you have no right to leave that mitzvah in order to fulfill another mitzvah. But then the Rambam says, kol shekin This certainly would apply to tamotorah. If it applies to any mitzvah. For example, it's well known if a person is guarding an Aveda. Somebody lost something and I found it. And I'm taking care of it. Let's say I found a sheep uh, on the street. In the time of the Gemara, it's very possible the sheep was walking around, like I had to take care of the sheep, and now at the same time that I'm running after the sheep or taking care of it, a poor man comes and asks me for money, I don't have to give him money. I'm, in, I'm part of mitzvah, from i from the mitzvah of Tzedakah because I'm involved in the mitzvah of Hashem but the Ram says, Kol If a person's learning Torah, so much more so will he be part of from any other mitzvah. Of course, the Ramam quotes the famous case of Ben Azay. The Ram continues, Misha Chashka Nafsha a person who is so enamoured of Torah, so in love with Torah, Vishadavak Benazai, and he learns Torah as much as Ben Azai, Vidavak he is Mamish attached to the Torah. The Ram did not say it's meritorious. The Ram said if you're so involved in Torah, like Benazai and you never get married, there's no sin attached to it. The Ram didn't say it's good. The Rambam didn't say it's meritorious. He just simply said, Adorav, and this is not considered a sin. Of course, the Rambam said, this is in a case where you do not have evil thoughts, you do not have a yetzahara, your Yetzirah does not overtake you. But if a person can control his Yetzirah, and he is so engrossed in Torah, he doesn't have to learn. He doesn't have to get married. It's been pointed out that this Rambam contradicts the Rambam in, tam-a-tara. in Perek Gimel, of tam-a-tara, the Rambam, in, in, general, in Perek Gimel, the Rambam in general, in the Rambam waxes eloquent about the importance and nature of the Mitzvah of That Perek, in, in, in a sense, might be called Perek Keser Torah, where the Rambam explains all the requirements of Torah. He does not say that this Parak is obligatory on every single person. The Rambam prefaces it by saying that a person who wants to get Keser Torah, and he goes about saying what Keser Torah is. But he does not necessarily make it normative, that you must have to do it. The Ramam says, for Yisrael, and anybody who wants, call me Sheyitzei Yevavitol. Ketab Torah, the crown of Torah, can be accepted by anyone. And he goes on to talk about many things that are beautiful and important about Tamo Torah. Then he says, In a person has a mitzvah to do, Torah But the Torah is involved. He was apparently he's learning, and a mitzvah comes up. So the Rambam says, the mitzvah Let's say there are three people in a room, and two of them are learning, and one is reading a newspaper. And then someone from outside comes and says, "We need somebody quickly to." Do a certain mitzvah. So the two people learning should not leave. The person who is involved in reading a newspaper is not involved in a mitzvah. He should go do that mitzvah. But the uh, two thousand fellows who are learning should continue to learn. But the Brahm says, That's a mitzvah. Other people could do that mitzvah. V'im. If it's a mitzvah that nobody can else do. V'im lav. It's a mitzvah that he should do and only he should do. He should do the mitzvah, and afterwards he should go back to learn. This Rambam seems to be difficult with three different questions. One, why doesn't the principle of Osegba mitzvah, Patam and a mitzvah apply? Why don't we say that since he's involved in Tamot Torah, and the other mitzvah is uh, secondary, he's involved in one mitzvah? You don't even have to say which mitzvah is greater or more important or less important. He's involved in Tamat Torah, Secondly, this Ramam contradicts the Rambam in Hechasishas. In Hechasishas, the Ramam said, Oseg Bimitzvah, Poteminai Mitzvah applies to Tamat Torah, Vikal So much more so, in Tamat Torah, a person learning Torah certainly does not have to fulfill other mitzvahs. That seems to be a direct contradiction. And thirdly, there is a diuk in the words of the Rambam that are striking when one re- reads the Rambam. The Rambam says, if you're learning Torah and there's a mitzvah that can only be done by you, you should stop learning, but do the mitzvah. And the Ramb says, V'yaksa you should go back to learn. Why does the Rambam have to add the words, you should go back to learn? Wouldn't it be sufficient to say you should do the mitzvah? Almost, it's almost self-explanatory that a person should go to learn according to this Rambam in general the whole parak is such a beautiful and important Chiyuf that you understand you should all learn whenever you can so obviously if you fulfill the Mitzvah you should go back to learn why does the Rambam think he has to point out the Aksa Llimudah the answer that I'd like to suggest is found, the Yisod is found in the Me'iri on Mo'ikat and Daftes it's been expounded upon by Rav Lichtenstein in an article that he wrote in Kvodarav, I'll refer specifically to the way Rav Huttner uh, addressed this issue in Pachad Yitzchak and And he explained as follows. The Gemara uses the phrase, bituro zel kiumo. Sometimes we think that stopping to learn Torah itself is a kium of tamatara. I always remember meeting Rav Moshe Feinstein many years ago when he went to collect money for his yeshiva and he traveled a lot ran around a lot to different parlor meetings to try to keep his yeshiva afloat he quoted a Rashi in the beginning of Ayikra that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu called Moshe and told him to go learn it's a sign of love HaKadosh Baruch Hu called Moshe and said let's learn and he showed him his love Rashi continues Yakol af, laf, sakos. Rashi says maybe for the interruptions for the re- recesses HaKadosh Baruch also said to Moshe as a sign of love, Moshe, let's have recess. And it says, no, only only for the learning itself, was there Chiba, love. The rest has to be done. So Moshe said that Rosh Yeshiva's life is divided into two parts. One part, when he can learn Torah, when he can say shirim, when he can work in Torah the way he loves. The other is when he has to do things on behalf of the Yeshiva. Things that are necessary for the upkeep of Torah. But, is it important to do that? Of course it's important to do that. Is it considered Bittal Torah? Well, yes and no. You have to do it in order to keep the Torah afloat. So, Bitulo Zokimo, in a sense it's Bittal Torah, but in a sense it's Kima Torah. In a similar vein, a person who is learning Torah and has a mitzvah to do, should he use his Torah as the excuse, as it were, not to fulfill a mitzvah? Isn't one of the important conditions of learning Torah? A t'nai in learning Torah is that I should learn Torah l'kayim. I should learn Torah not as intellectual exercise, but as a means, as a vehicle to fulfill mitzvahs better. Learning Torah in itself is a value. Yes, Torah L'shma. But L'may Amanas, L'madul L'may Dishmav L'shsuh L'sh is the highest value a person can have to learn with the purpose of learning, to teach, to... To perform the world of mitzvah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded us. A person who would use the excuse that he's learning Torah to fulfil uh and to in order not to fulfil a mitzvah, in effect is questioning the efficacy of his own learning. My learning is Amanas Lakayim, and if I'm using my Torah Amanas L'Kayim, I'm not going to fulfil the mitzvah, it's a problem to learn Torah itself. So therefore, O B'mitzvah Mitzvah should not apply to Tamil Torah. Because when you stop learning, it, in effect, it's, it's not stopping to learn. It's a keel of Tamutara. When I leave my Torah to go do a mitzvah, I'm showing that my Torah is a true Torah of Lumo Damanas So it's a king of Tamutara. So also the mitzvah, Patamina mitzvah would not apply to Torah. But if that's true, we would understand that a person who interrupts his learning to fulfill a mitzvah is doing a correct action. Why? Because in a sense he's not Interrupting Tamutara. He's continuing with Tamutara in a different way. It's a key of Tamutara to go do the mitzvah. But that's only based on one more condition. That a person doesn't think, Tov, I stopped learning, now let's go do mitzvahs. If that would be true, then indeed he stopped learning, and now he's going to do mitzvahs. If a person looks at the fact that he's doing a mitzvah, not as a stop, not as a break from Tamutara, but as a hemshech, but a continuation of Torah, then it's a key of Tamutara. And how can that be judged? That's why the Rambam adds those extra words, V'yaksa del-Tamudah. A person should begin to learn, and if he con- continues to learn, he'll use the mit Torah as an excuse not to fulfill the mitzvah? No, that would be improper. So therefore he should stop to do the mitzvah, because that is Tamu It's Tamu with a condition that he can go back to learn afterwards. So that answers the other question. Why did the Rambam use the phrase V'yaksa del-Tamudah? Because only in, under those circumstances would a person... Would it be proper to stop the learning Torah because you want to learn Ammanas and then you can go back to learn? But now we can explain the contradiction in the Rambam. If you are doing one mitzvah, for example, it's late at night, early in the evening, and you're learning it uh, in, in base medrash, and they tell you there's a mitzvah that has to be done now, so you can go do the mitzvah, and afterwards you come back to base medrash, you can learn later at night. Then, the Ramadan Hilchus Tamatora per Gimel applies. Go to do the mitzvah, and then go back to learn. But what would happen in a scenario where you feel that if I stop learning Torah, I stop learning Torah? I, true, I'll go fulfill the mitzvah, but then I, I will never get back to it. I will not be able to go learn properly. In such a case, Osek be mitzvah, Patavenai mitzvah, would apply to tamatara. Osek be mitzvah, would not apply to Talmud Torah if you can go back to learn. But if you feel this is it, I'll, if I stop learning Torah, I'm cutting off my Torah knowledge, I'm, conti- I'm cutting off my continuation, of becoming a, some sort of a basic lambdin. then you should not stop learning, but rather you should continue because of Oseg mitzvah. And of course the Rambam in, that we learned in Hilchus Ishus is referring to such a case. And if we read that Rambam again carefully, in Hilchus Ishus Parag Tesvat, the Rambam says, Misyare. A person is afraid. He was so osik He's so involved in learning. He's afraid that he'll, Kadesha, he doesn't want to go to work at, at the present time. Vyavatal menatora, and he'll stop learning. You can't push it off. The Rambam says you can push it off. He doesn't say till when. In the extreme case of Ben Azai, which is really an extreme case, the Rambam says you can push off indefinitely. But otherwise, the Rambam says that you can push off this mitzvah in order to learn Torah. Of course, we should remember that the Rambam had two caveats. One here in Hilchas Ishus and another in Hilchas Torah. One, the Rambam says, of course, it's talking about a person who has purity of thought and will not have the evil inclination to disturb him. The other is the Rambam in the end of Hilchas Torah in the end of the of Torah explains that a person should not learn Torah to be supported completely by other people. The Rambam certainly felt that Torah De'acheretz, that a person should work, should make his own living. So you could push off Torah for a certain amount of time, but nevertheless the Rambam felt you have to be careful not to be supported by other people, and that issue, of course, is beyond the scope of this present, shiur. The Rambam, of course, was debated by Rav Yosef Cairo in the in his Kesef Mishnah there on the Rambam, and those people that are interested can look that up. What we've discussed is what's the age of, of marriage, why is it that a child 13 is not Chayev, and what would be the correct time, and we said you're allowed to push off the mitzvah of Tamotara in order to become more prepared for, the, you're allowed to push off the mitzvah of Kedushin in order to become more prepared for it, be it Perhaps in the world of maturity, prepared to make a living, or certainly in the world of Torah, a person is allowed to push off the mitzvah, and that's why the shiur of Chazal, the age of 1820, might not even apply today. I wouldn't dare to hazard a guess as to an exact halachic parameter for the date the person must get married, but I would question very much whether the words of Chazal, but Shmona Selechupa, would really apply today. Puk Chazem HaTzvar, let's see what the people do. Most people get married a little bit older in life.